Well, hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Weedman with Community Conversation presented by Outlook Newspaper Group uh, in concert with the Center for Nonprofit Management. And I'm so pleased today to welcome uh, a new friend uh, who is uh, running an awesome nonprofit organization, uh, Shelly Miles from the Singleton Foundation. Um, welcome, Shelly, and good, good day. How are you doing? Great, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on today. Well, I'm so glad you're here. You know, when we met and I learned about the work that you're doing, uh, it really struck a note with me because the issue of financial literacy um, is so important and something that, um, you know, everybody needs to benefit from. And you have had, uh, in reading your bio, uh, a remarkable yeah. and very diverse, diverse career. Um, and, you know, you've worked in a lot of interesting things um, and really touched the lives of a lot of people. So let's start at the beginning. Where did you grow up? And tell us about your formative years uh, and what started you on this path that led you to the Singleton Foundation. But it's crazy because you never know where life is gonna take you. I'm a, I'm a local girl. I grew up in Los Angeles in Studio City, went to Hollywood High um, and then went to SC for college. And I had planned to be a performance music major. <laughs> And I got there for the first jury and I got so scared that I changed my major to the business school the next day. Wow. Now I have to ask, you know, my, my husband went to Hollywood High School. And so we have deep roots uh, in, uh, in that institution. And I also went to USC for a while. What was your instrument? Did you play an instrument? Were you a vocalist? Was it yeah, I was a violinist and wow. uh, studied pretty seriously for, for when I was nine till I was 22. Oh, wow. And um, no, I gave it up because I like to dance better. And the thought that when I can't dance, I'll pick it up again. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you grew up in Los Angeles. Awesome. And you went to USC. Um, and, and thought I was going to study marketing when I got into the business school. And my brother talked me into taking a couple of extra classes in accounting. And so I ended up getting my CPA and going to work for what's now KPMG. And I worked there while I was in college. And I got to go visit and learn about all different kinds of businesses while I was there, while still playing in a community orchestra. So I'm, I'm just a local girl. <laughs> you know, I, I have to tell, I must confess, I studied to be a pianist. I wanted to be a concert pianist and I ended up in banking. So there seems to be a path to financial services, to economics, to finance, from the arts, I guess. I, I think I think there's a connection between math and music. Um, you know, music's so logical, and so is math. So it's kind of all go together. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I uh, uh, tell me about you know what led you, what brought you to the Singleton Foundation, um, and what sparked your interest in financial literacy. And, and tell us about the uh, Singleton Foundation broadly and the work that you're doing and. How, how it all came about. Okay, well, how it all came about, I ended up going to Disney after um, KPMG, which was my dream job, and started out in an audit and ended up running Disney Records worldwide and um, starting the Disney Interactive, what's called Disney Interactive, now it was the games. And I had such a good time starting something from scratch and building it. And I found that that's really fun, more fun than accounting. <laughs> and, um, and I left there when my second daughter was born and kind of started down the path of earlier and earlier stage companies. 
in the meantime, um, when I left Disney and started that doing those smaller companies, I realized that even as a CPA, I never learned how important cash was and that you couldn't run a business without cash and started thinking about those things. Um, and so, you know, fast forward several years later, my old boss from Disney called me one day and wanted to introduce me to his friends, the Singletons. Mm -hmm. And the Singletons were so interested in financial literacy and entrepreneurship and in solving the problems about that in this country. And they, they started talking about it on their first date, believe it or not, which is a wonderful story in itself. And it became their lifelong legacy project. And um, they had called me because they thought that if they could make it accessible and interesting to everybody, that that would be the way that you could really reach a lot of people and start heading down the road to fixing this problem. And their first idea was a game. And so they reached out into the entertainment industry and one of their very dear friends uh, had been at Disney for a long time. And he called me and said, you want to have lunch? <laughs> so we started talking. And at that point, I'd never thought about financial literacy. Mm -hmm. It never occurred to me that this was a problem. But as I started listening to what they had to say and started thinking about my own family, and here I was in a family of two CPAs, and we never really taught our kids properly about money. Wow. And I thought, well, if we don't do that, you know, there must be a, a really big problem. And I started learning about it. And the more I learned about it, the more I realized how very important this was. So the, the Singleton started this foundation with an idea of making this entertaining and interesting and accessible to everyone. So um, I brought in some colleagues, um, some dear, very dear colleagues that I knew from Disney on the game and started bringing in other people from the entertainment business is we started trying to figure out why is it that people aren't engaging with all the wonderful information that's out there. And we did some research and found out it's boring. It's complicated. People don't even know what they don't know. And there's a taboo about talking about money. Right. And so how do you break that? So we started a variety of programs. Um, the first program that we launched was Million Stories Media. Mm -hmm. and it's an entertainment channel that's all about financial matters and, and exposing people to different people's situations and hearing inspiring stories. It's all bite-sized, mobile first. It's all free, of course. And um, that's been very exciting. And the game that we started is finally getting done. Um, and it's a wonderful, competitive, exciting esports style game, uh -huh. if you can believe that all about uh, being the CEO of your life, running businesses, building businesses and competing. And that's getting ready to come out early in 2022. Wow. And then to really make um, entrepreneurship, which is two, there's two parts to our mission, financial literacy and entrepreneurship, because they just go together. Mm -hmm. And to really make that accessible to everyone and let everyone learn the steps that they need to do and how they can be an entrepreneur. And even if they don't start their own business, they can bring that into their lives. Uh, we are getting ready to launch the Entrepreneur Shop, which is a one-stop shop for learning how to put everything together. Um, and so it's very exciting stuff. And 
you know, I was so lucky, lucky to get to move into the nonprofit world to do that. I've been lucky in so many things I've done throughout my career. And this is just a really wonderful place to be. Well, congratulations. I, I uh, as, as we've, we've talked, you know, I come, came, came from Wells Fargo. I was there for many, many years. And we launched our first financial literacy program uh, at the time. Uh, there was very little out there for financial literacy. It's not taught in schools. It's not a regular class that you take uh, in uh, middle or in, in high school. I remember when I graduated high school, uh, and I went to college, I had to get a checking account. And my father teaching me how to write a check and to write the numerical amount and then to write it out you know, in, in handwriting. And I still sort of stop and think about that every time I write a check, like, okay, I go, all right? Because I had no training. Um, and uh, you know, the financial challenges that people have that have impacted the economy, if they had a rudimentary basic financial literacy training, around savings, around investing, around credit, um, probably would have saved a lot of people a lot of heartache, truly. Oh, I heard a horrible statistic yesterday that came out from the Aspen Inter uh, Institute, and it said that 16% of suicides are caused by financial problems. And, and 16%, that's, that's horrible. That's and it, you know, financial problem and financial stress is the second leading cause of divorce. So these these are things that affect us down to our core. It's not it's not just about that it's a problem, but it's a problem that affects people in their lives. And if and there are small steps that people can take, they just need to learn what to do. And you're right. We don't, it's not as broadly taught in schools as it needs to be, although that's improving. But you have half the population that doesn't that don't have the skills and don't know about this, how are they going to teach their kids? How are we, you know, it's, it's a horrible problem. It's a crisis. It's a, it has an urgency. That statistic uh, for being the cause of 16% of, of suicides and divorce and God knows how many other emotional, psychological, uh, personal challenges that people experience, in particular since uh, we've been dealing with the pandemic, so many people lost their jobs, their income, mm -hmm. Uh, they've run through their savings, their home, uh, their homes have been at risk, um, people who can't pay their rent. Uh, yeah. the, the issue of financial health is as important as, as your physical health. Right, and if you think about it, it's such a basic thing. Like we teach our kids to eat right. We teach them to work hard. We teach them to exercise, you know, yet we'd rather talk about sex, then talk about money with our kids. And, and, you know, it should be just part of the normal dinnertime conversation. It's so interesting. And I, I, uh, it's just awesome work that you're doing. Um, and gosh, thank you. You know, the, it, it, there, there are 330 million people in the United States. There's now 38 million people in California. Uh, and I know of a number of organizations, certainly some financial institutions are trying to push out financial literacy. Uh, and they're probably just scratching the surface for where the need is. Um, so I sure commend you and your team and your board and your supporters for, for doing this work. This is really important stuff, truly. Yeah, it's exciting and you know, it's such a big problem. Nobody can solve it on their own, um, but we're so lucky we get to work with a lot of other organizations who are doing different things than, than us. So many of us come from entertainment. So 
you know, what we know how to do is tell stories and engage people and make things fun. Um, and really, we need to make this part of our culture. It, it, that's kind of the bottom line. Absolutely. As I as I look on my life back on my life, there were periods where I personally could have certainly benefited with a little more financial uh, literacy, understanding, and uh, and uh, sagacity. Yeah. yeah. One of the interesting things about working in this job is it's really uh, caused us as a family to talk about these things more um, because that's what I think about all day. And, uh, you know, seeing how the kids have responded to it. Uh, one of my daughters is a musician and she was trying to figure out um, how to have good money relationships with her songwriting partner. And so we created a sheet together and kind of said, okay, well, you we want to be open and transparent and share honestly with each other and see that number at the bottom. It's supposed to match this number the bank thinks you have. And that's called a bank reconciliation. <laughs> and, and to see all of a sudden the light bulb come on and for her to grasp that concept. Um, and it's caused a lot of my friends' kids to think about, oh, I don't have a plan and how much should I be saving? And, and you know, with 85% of jobs that are going to be available in 2030, not even existing yet. Right. Think about that. Um, people have to have these skills to plan for themselves and really think about their future and learn the entrepreneurial skills and be able to be in charge, be looking at their futures and think about what do they want to do? And, and how can they get there and make a plan? Well, I, I uh, it, 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 indeed, it, again, it is, it is such important work and, uh, and you're leading it, you're doing it, you're setting an example. So Shelley, as someone who's relatively new to the nonprofit space and uh, coming from the for-profit world where, you know, there was, I think people worked equally as hard, but a very different culture. Uh, uh, how, what, what have you learned? And, and in particular during the pandemic, um, what experiences or thoughts or advice uh, would you share with uh, people in the sector uh, to help them get through what has been such a challenging time? You know, it is very different between for-profit and non-profit. And while, you know, I've been on boards and I volunteered, working in nonprofit is is totally different because you're trying to run a business, but you don't get to keep score the same way with net profit. You're keeping score based on impact or whatever and how you measure that. And so it, it's a very different thing. And it also makes you much more open to collaboration because you're not really competing with anyone. We're all trying to solve a problem and we can do that best together. Um, the pandemic's been really hard. We've been very fortunate um, throughout the pandemic, and we were glad it allowed us to, we launched early because we wanted to address people sooner because they needed these products more than ever. Um, but, you know, it's, I think for nonprofits, it, in times of great upheaval, you really have to focus and, and really drill down to the core of what's important. Um, and sometimes that means changing how you're doing things in a way that you hope will bring better impact. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people, and I've seen a lot of nonprofits really struggle with funding and, you know, really having to lean into 
and get very close to their funders to work together to figure out really what's at the heart. And, and sometimes that's meant for various groups getting smaller, um, but hopefully by doing that, there's a benefit on the other side that you come out more focused with a clearer understanding of what you need to accomplish and finding new ways to do things. I've seen a lot of for-profit businesses that were struggling and trying out new ways of doing things and finding that those still applied even as we're starting to come out of the pandemic. Very, 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 very good advice. Um, let me ask you this, you know, what do you, I, I, I didn't send you this question, um, but what do you love about your job? What, what makes you get up every morning and do this work? There are so many things I love about this job. It's hard to count them. One is I, I what we do is fun. Okay, we're, we're making entertainment and that's a lot of fun. And I love that I work with such a marvelous group of people. Every single pe person in our organization is much better at what they do than I could ever hope to be. And they all come with great experience and wisdom and skills and passion. And we're all trying to do the same thing. So it's fun. And then I love when I talk to people about the impact of what we're doing or working with what other organizations in the same space. And it feels good, you know, being in a nonprofit feels good. And so it's exciting to get up and hope that you're making a difference every day. And when you're trying to solve problems, you're trying to solve problems about how do we do it better? Um, you know, what did we learn today? Because we learn something new every single day. And yeah. And that's what's fun. I mean, and there's always problems, but the problems are fun because they're they're puzzles and they're opportunities and you get to try to solve them. So there's so many things that get, make me get up every day. And, and I feel proud of what we're trying to do. I'm proud of the work we're, we're doing. And, and then we start getting an inkling that it's, you know, maybe starting to have an impact. Like our, we've grown tremendously this year and our reach has grown. And as we look at next year's plans, you know, we're looking at how can we reach even more people and do it better. And mm -hmm. so those are the things that get me up in the morning. They also keep me up at night. <laughs> I think it was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said the greatest gift you can give yourself is a gift of giving to others. And I, I, I'm sure we would agree on that, huh? Yeah. Um, well, let me, ask, I always like to ask folks about leadership uh, because I've had some great bosses in my career. I really have. And I've had some who probably, <laughs> uh, and uh, I won't say who they are, um, but what, how would you describe your leadership style? And what in your appraisal, your estimation makes a great leader? Because you're leading this organization, you're leading this cause. Um, talk about leadership. You know, I've had I've also had some really wonderful bosses and tried to learn from them. And one of the things that they had that I try to emulate is they did a great job of getting people aligned and moving in the same direction and buying into the same vision. And I try hard to do that. I don't know how well I do, but, um, and I try to hire great people and let them do their jobs. And so, and being honest and transparent with people and trying to create a culture where we can trust each other and know that we're 
in a safe space because we're all trying to solve a problem together. Um, so yes, I've also had some of those bosses that I won't mention, but um, you know, <laughs> fortunately not too many of those. Me too, I've, I've been very fortunate. Well, uh, also are, are there any people you, you most especially admire who have influenced you, you know, past or present, um, you know, we have our heroes, our heroines, our, our sheroes, the people who uh, impacted us in our young years and, and to this day. Anyone like that in your, uh, in your life? You know, for me, it's largely my family. Um, I used to watch my mom get up and, you know, go out there and raise money for the City of Hope um, every day while I was growing up and volunteering in the classroom and taking me to go vote with her um, and, and my dad who provided so much stability. Um, but now my heroes are really my family. It's my kids, it's, it's my husband. And there's one woman I met along the way that is a hero. So she, when we had the idea to start the Ronald McDonald House in Pasadena, she went out and, and made it happen. And, and she taught me that if you care about something enough, that you're willing to walk through walls to do it, you can get it done. Um, and so she's a real hero. And I must tell you, as I've, I've been working here and come to know the Singletons, they are amazing people. They care about so many things and put so much time and energy and thought into a variety of good causes and are very generous in every way. And I've, I, every time I talk to them, I learn something. And um, I couldn't even tell you all the wonderful people in my life. Oh, that, that, that's beautiful. Well, um, you know, as we start to wrap up, as we start to glide toward our finish, and by the way, this is our first visit. I hope it's the first of more because um, we want to, you know, track and see how you're doing. And uh, uh, I've enjoyed this so much, Shelley. But growing up here, I always ask the question, what do you love about our city? What makes Los Angeles special to you? And what do you do for fun? You know, your personal time. I, 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 as many folks I talk to, all they do is work and work is their life. But, but tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'm a native Angelino. So I must admit, I love the weather. I love the variety of things to do. I love that I can be on my friend's boat in the morning looking at whales and driving up to the mountains in the afternoon. Um, and watching a sunset from way at the top of the San Gabriels. So I love the physical beauty of the place. I love the energy. I love all the different kinds of people that live here. And, and more and more, I've loved to seeing the cultural institutions really growing. Um, I remember at the beginning, you know, in Orange County, you couldn't even go anywhere. And now there's Seegerson Hall and there's you know, and we've got the Colburn School now and all these wonderful organizations here. So I, I just love Los Angeles. It's, it's a wonderful place to be. I love the indoor outdoor lifestyle and, and taking advantage of that. So when I'm not working, I like to eat. So that means I like to cook. <laughs> and, and, you know, we're involved in a lot of different organizations. So I'm a 
probably the longest term, um, oldest um, <laughs> dance student you're ever going to meet. Um, so I still go to class, you know, a couple of times a week. Uh, we're involved in different orchestras and um, we're involved in Rotary. So we do lots of things around town. Awesome. And of course, my favorite part of LA is Pasadena. <laughs> no, I'm, we, we share many of the same, the same uh, uh, passions. Indeed, I and you know I just to your to your comment about the Colbert. I mean, when I think about the last fifty years, um, which which we've uh, been around for most of, I've actually been around for all of them. But you've seen LACMA develop, Bill. You've seen the music the the, the music center, the Walt Disney Concert Hall, the Colbert, the Broad, the Getty. All these things have happened in, in our in our early in our lifetime. So it's you're right. LA is a pretty special place. Um, well, is there anything else you'd like to share with us as we wrap up? You know, any last thoughts or comments uh, you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, what, I, what I'd like to share, and, and it really is going back to financial literacy, is every single person on this call has the ability to become the CEO of their own life. And it's just a matter of wanting to take charge and learning the not so hard steps you can make to improve where you are. And if you have that information, share it with somebody that you care about because all of us working together, we can really start addressing these problems. Well, it, it, it's wonderful. And uh, I can't thank you enough, Shelly, for, for joining okay. us. And thank you so much for having me on your show today. Well, I, I, it's been a pleasure and, uh, and uh, more to come. And uh, I look forward to continuing the community conversation and getting to know you better. I want to hear all about your orchestras and your favorite restaurants and <laughs> dancing because my husband's a dancer as well and he still takes class. And uh, uh, it's, it's all pretty awesome. So. Well, thank you again so much for yes. joining us and every good wish. And we'll talk again real soon. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Shelley. Bye.